You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Two um, Super Bowl contenders coming up here. So this is going to be a juicy, really juicy hour in the Bills and the Jets. There's certainly a lot to talk about. Um, so yeah, let's let's bring on the main man. Um, it's it's Lewis Wood uh, from the Fantasy Fantasies podcast and and the brilliant King Fantasy Sports. Um, all round good guy. Um, really really decent guy in Lewis Wood. Um, how you doing, my friend? I'm good, thank you. That's such a lovely intro. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's uh, really really good to be on. Uh, I really enjoyed last year, and you know I was watching Tom and Rich because they're two of my favourite guys in the business, alongside you guys, and really echo what they say. I think you guys are doing some incredible, incredible work for a charity that's really important to support. So it is an absolute delight to be on uh, for, for I think the second year in a row. It is. You're certainly one of the guys that we wanted to bring back. We had a fantastic hour with you last year. Um, so, yeah, you had to come back. Uh, so, thanks for joining us for, for hour number three to talk about these these two teams that, yeah, really interesting in terms of um, this season and for Dynasty. So, um, Kev, over to you. We're going to start with the, the Buffalo Bills. Um, and who is your first question? We're going to obviously mention the uh, start with the quarterback. Yeah, for, I mean, first off, great to have you back, Lewis. And it's great to see you wearing your Rams top again. It's... Uh... <laughs> Super Bowl I've, champ Rams. I've intentionally positioned myself. That's it's the towel from the Super Bowl I had posted oh, over wow, from a friend wow. in LA, and I've intentionally positioned myself directly in front of it. Last year wasn't great, so I need a little bit of a reminder <laughs> of the things which came before. <laughs> no, it it works well with our um, our backdrop today with the blue and the mine charity uh, logo, yeah. etc. So I like how we've planned that. But um, yeah, obviously the Rams were in a Super Bowl a couple of years back, and these two teams, um, the Bills, were going to kick off with. Super Bowl contender every year. You've got to start at the QB position. Um, a guy that's an MVP contender every year. Josh Allen, top three in fantasy points per game for the last three seasons. Still see him as a consensus QB one in Dynasty. Definitely top two or three. And he's still only 26 years old. I think, um, I, I'll admit it, I'm in a lot of Dynasty leagues. I don't see many trades involving Josh Allen buying or selling. Um, so I just want to know, is he your dynasty QB one? And what sort of deal would you sell him for, pivot away from him to, to acquire something else? Yeah, so he is my dynasty QB one, but he's my joint one. Um, I don't really see the point in differentiating between him and Patrick Mahomes. Um, they're both going to be studs for a long time. Obviously, Josh Allen has finished his QB1 in points per game the last few years. Um, but Mahomes is is normally points per game QB2. Um, and I think Mahomes actually finishes the overall QB1 the last year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm what what's the difference if if someone says i'm going to give you 100 pounds into this bank account or i'm going to give you 100 pounds cash you can go oh maybe i'm going to spend i'm going to hairdressers later so maybe the cash would be it doesn't really matter you're getting the same thing um so i'm happy i'm happy with either and in the same way that if i ever find myself 101 uh, in a startup which i never do because i always i've never drafted from higher than the nine and it's ridiculous um i normally wow. yeah i know I know. Um, I normally look to trade back a spot and see if someone desperately wants one of the two. Um, so they're they're joint first. I, I don't really see. I don't really see why there would be a point in differentiating because it's going to be such a tiny difference either way. Um, in terms of what I would sell him for, 
Alan is in that tier of player um, that if you're buying, I don't think you can overpay. Um, and it's basically Alan Mahomes potentially hurts to different debate, and then Jefferson and Chase that like I think you can pay as much as you want. And you're never going to regret it when you spend three years without a first, because you're going to look during the draft, you're going to look and go, well, my first this year is Josh Allen. So I'm pretty happy <laughs> with that. In terms of something that I would be willing to sell for, and I'm saying this as someone who's currently in negotiations in a league to sell Patrick Mahomes, so similar type conversation. Mm. I have to... So rookie picks on their own, don't do it. You can give me four years worth of picks and I'm not going to do it. I have to know that one of the picks is high and i mean top mm -hmm. three obviously dependent on class but and i'm not into projecting picks down the line um i think that's a a, a silly thing to do so i need to know if it's this year's class you need to start with the 102 103 or 104 then i probably need another quarterback on top and then i probably need one of the elite wide receivers because i'm not interested in sort of selling for depth what i want to do is sort of transition my team into being elite in another category if i'm selling the qb1 um i have to look at each individual asset and know that they have like elite top end value on their own already um so you're not going to sell for something which is like two firsts Kadarius tony i don't want your 101 in 2026 top, <laughs> unless it's the team that you and rich did the youtube video on in which case maybe i do because i think that's still going to be the 101 for a good few years now um i think i think yeah you need to be able to see the value in each asset right now i'm not interested in selling for you know a mid-tier quarterback and three mid-tier wide receivers three mid-tier running backs it's not going to improve your team so i have to for alan for any of the players that i named you have to be absolutely blown away by the offer to actually make it happen. Yeah, I love that. I think you've summed up absolutely perfectly with, with Josh Allen and, and these top tier of quarterbacks. He was a guy that was my quarterback one with a dynasty entering last off season. Um, I then moved him. He's now my quarterback three and my, my okay. rankings came out, came out this week, but he's still in my top tier. I've got three in the top tier. But then I, I did, I received a message on, on Twitter saying, how come you're so low on Josh Allen? And it's like, I'm not low on Josh Allen. I absolutely love him. He's in my top tier. You know, tiers, tiers are the biggest things in terms of dynasty ranking. Yeah. Don't look at the individual rankings. Um, so I want to bring you in, Kev, in with Josh Allen. Where is he? I think you're obviously an incredibly smart guy. Probably got that tier, <laughs> tier of tier of three like myself. But um, where does he fall in that top tier? Um, and what would what would you do in terms of selling Josh Allen? What would the deal have to look like? I mean, really nice praise to be in with um, for that. But yeah, um, is in is in my tier three. I think. I if we're just thinking real life, you can tell a story where Mahomes is is the one. He, I don't think there's anybody uh, on his level real life. I think dynasty wise, he's going to have the best longevity. But out of that tier three, I've got Mahomes as three, just because I like the upside uh, of if Jalen Hurts hits his optimal outcome nobody's touching him i think very similar with with josh allen as well so he's, he's probably my um he's probably just still my qb1 hurts too um and then my home street but that can flip on a on a on a daily basis but also you are right i mean if it was where lewis has been unlucky with getting one nine one ten one level one twelve if you got three drafts with the 101 you just take one of each to, to spend mm -hmm. your risk um thinking about 
selling Josh Allen. I, I actually did sell him this off season um, in a in a an orphan that I took over. It was in a bad state. Thought I need to somehow get assets on board, and I got an offer. It was Jamar Chase, twenty four first and two twenty four seconds, which. I, I love QBs. I think having an elite QB like that would be ideal to build around. But I just thought Jamar Chase values round one startup picks. You're going to get a first and two seconds. It's an opportunity to take some some shots to try and really rebuild the the roster that basically had Josh Allen and nothing else. <laughs> so it, it would have been, it'd have been pointless holding him and just trying to rebuild without no assets because it, it wasn't like a glutton of, of draft picks either but um but yeah he's, he's a top three guy and that's one of the few trades i've actually seen josh Allen involved in yep love that kev um we'll move on to a guy that certainly is not in the, the top tier right now but um perhaps he will do after this season perhaps he'll rise up the rankings um i'm certainly going to back against it because i'm not a big fan of this guy but we'll see we'll see where you are lewis in in james cook so now that um singletary's not there do you think that he can be this workhorse back that was worth? Obviously, most people were picking him in the late first round in rookie drafts last offseason. Um, obviously, Damian Harris come in. Um, do you think he's going to take a lot of the work? Is it going to be a 1A, 1B situation? Um, or do you think Harris could be the, the actual lead guy in this, this uh, running back room? I think the crucial thing when you're looking at the Bills running back room is kind of contextualizing what a 1A, 1B, what a lead guy in this room actually looks like. Um, so I was just looking at sort of base level, some of the stats of last year and the, all, um, the bills running backs combined was 291 carries, um, <laughs> which means that actually four running backs on their own combined for more carries than the entire bills running back room, which consisted of, I think five <laughs> guys total who saw a carry last year. Um, now Singletary leaving, Devin Singletary is a good player, um, especially in real life. He's a very good running back. <coughs> Damian Harris is probably about the same tier. Um, yeah, and Tom's got an absolute spot on there. That <laughs> Devin Singletary saw the um, the goal line work, which is going to be a huge thing. Um, James Cook, I don't really think has the body type for it, whereas I think Damian Harris really does. The crucial thing is, James Cook isn't going to take all of the vacated carries um, and targets, actually, because Devin Singletary saw 50 targets last year. Um, I don't think the Bills want that from him. I think they knew that when they drafted him. Um, the the worrying thing for James Cook, <coughs> and we do normally anticipate that, I mean, rookie running backs tend to contribute very early, but normally, if you think of like Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, even Jonathan Taylor, towards the end of their rookie season is when they really start to take over. And he did seem much more... Um, of a share of the workload towards the end of his rookie season. But he only saw two games last year with over three receptions. Um, and I think three games with five or more targets, um, which if you're looking for him, okay, he's not going to get the between the tackles work. He's not really, he wasn't really supposed to be that kind of back. Um, he was very efficient on the work that he saw, but he's not going to see the goal line work. So what do we want? We want him to be a PPR option. Well, when you have Josh Allen, and this is something that we've spoken, you know, you guys have spoken about a lot about rushing quarterbacks. We sort of know the check down doesn't really happen because he will take off. So it has to be a scripted play for them to target him. And I don't think we've seen enough from him so far to know that he's going to be factored in the offense 
that intentionally for that work. Um, now, with this in mind, I am okay with him as an RB3 type because I think he'll have a relatively safe-ish floor um, and there, there is the potential for him to take over this backfield. Um, it is unlikely. But we've been saying, we've been spending like the last three years since Josh Allen's explosion talking about the Bills' backfield being really valuable. And, you know, we hoped that Bijan went there. We hoped that Brees Hall might go there. We were hoping that Saquon was going to get traded there last year. They're telling us that they don't value the position and that they don't want to give someone a huge amount of work. They're going to split carries between the two. They're going to split targets between the two. They have to contend with, let's be honest, the best goal line back in the NFL in Josh Allen. <laughs> so where's the upside? Yeah. And Kev, quickly from you, um, do you like James Cook this year? Because uh, obviously a lot of the metrics last year were pretty unreal, to be honest. He was he was right top five in, in some of the metrics. So do you see the, the upside for James Cook this year? I mean, he's got a great surname, hasn't he, Ali Cook? Well, yeah. um, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> I just think like, yeah, with the Bills, it's been a lot of hype of being an amazing like, destination for running backs, but it, it just isn't. And it's, it's got me thinking a little bit like um, the Patriots running back fields the past couple of years where you want to take the cheapest or a cheaper option. I just feel that James Cook is what, running back 20, 28 or something to keep trade cut. There's, it's going around, it's going just a little bit later than Devon A-Chain, for example, who I love. And I think if I could pay a little bit on top of A-Chain, uh, on top of Cook to get A-Chain, I'd be, I'd be doing that all day. I think um, this backfield, yeah, um, Damien Harris is the one I'd be, I'd be punting for. I think he can have a um, an 8-10 touchdown season. He's actually been pretty decent for the Patriots um, sort of as a runner. Um, but it's just understanding that there's not going to be a ceiling there for Harris. But yeah, I think Cook's not someone... I don't actually think I roster him in, in one single dynasty league, which uh, you've got to be pretty bad to, to not be on at least, at least one just in case. <laughs> <laughs> just in case um yeah i think i'm happy just to be wrong on on james cook if he if he takes a leap this year takes over that backfield i'll hold my hands up and say that i was wrong on him but um yeah he's a, certainly a seller at his current current price um we'll go back to the the wide receiver position now and we'll talk about an absolute stud that we've got no question marks on kev yeah we're, we're talking about that guy stefan diggs um famous for screaming into the, the camera i'm him sort of thing but um <laughs> Age 30 season, he's getting up there, but he's been extremely solid and productive in, in Buffalo. Uh, top nine every year he's been there. Um, just a guy that is going to age well with the fact that his body type, it's not someone that relies specifically on speed. He's someone that's probably got another at least two to three years at, at I would say, a wide receiver one um, output uh, season to season. So, I can see you in your Rams top, Lewis. I'm going to play on the heartstrings a little bit here and talk about <laughs> yeah. a guy going in a, in, a, in a similar range, Cooper Cup, um, who he had the best wide receiver one season of all time in 2021. And then last year, people forget he was the wide receiver one in fancy points per game. He was on an amazing pace. His metrics behind all that were fantastic. Still unbelievably dominant. We've seen him come back off uh, come back to his peak off the back of bad injuries previously as well so um a guy that probably is undervalued in cooper cup but it's just whether he can again come back from another injury uh, in his face now so simple question would you be taking stefan diggs or would you be taking 
the the man that wears the uniform you're wearing, Cooper Cup. <laughs> I was wondering when I saw this in the um, show deck whether this was a question that was put in before or after you decided I was going to be on this one. <laughs> whether this was a specific Lewis question. Um, this is a this is a tough one, really, and this kind of comes back to a similar point to what I was saying about um, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes earlier. And also what you were saying, Ali, in terms of tier-based drafting. Um, I have Cup, Diggs, Tyreek, and Adams in a tier of four. And when I go through my rankings, I think one of the most common things I do is find a reason to move them around within that tier. Um, But I'm pretty happy with any of them. for me, it is Cooper Cup, um, but I think we have to understand that Matthew Stafford probably only has a maximum of two years left in the NFL. I, I wouldn't be surprised if next year we start to see a, fall, a fall-off, especially because Stafford, when we talk about physical tools, a lot of what we tend to talk about is speed, but with Stafford, it's the arm, the you know, huge arm. And that is going to start to go. We started to see a little bit of it last year. So we have to understand with Cup that he might be playing with Stetson Bennett, Caleb Williams, um, <laughs> after, <laughs> after next season. That was a very wishful thinking with Caleb Williams. Um, <laughs> and we and Cup's massive ascension, although he was wide receiver four in, I think, 2018 or 2019, um, has been with Matt, Matt Stafford when he's being hyper-targeted. Um but for next season, Cup is so undervalued. Um, and I know it's a dynasty um, lens that we're looking through. But Cooper Cup is going to win people championships again next year, like he did last year, for getting people later on into the season, and like he absolutely did the year before. Um, Diggs is in that tier as well. Diggs should be going in the late first in redraft. Um, and I can completely understand if people look at the two of them while they're on the clock and they go okay, I know that Diggs is tied to Josh Allen for the rest of his career, unless he has another meltdown and decides to get traded. Um, Whereas Cup, I'm a bit uncertain of what it's going to be after this season or even in the next season. So I'm going to go with Diggs um, over Cup. The thing for me is that I'm happy with any of the four in that tier, Tariq and Adams, like I mentioned as well. But Partly it's because I've seen the upside of Cooper Cup having not just, you know, an elite season, but the elite season, the best season we've ever seen from a wide receiver. Um, and partly is because it's nice to root for your favourite players on your dynasty team, isn't it? Yes. Completely agree. And you're a smart guy, Lewis, because I've got them in the tier of four as well. Exactly the same players. So um, we're, we see eye to eye there. Um, in terms of the two, I think I'll just take Cooper Cup. Not because you're on the show, Lewis, but because <laughs> I just think... He's still got the ability to break fantasy like he did. I think he's still going to be hyper-targeted. I think the offense could take a step back. Um, But again, Cooper Cup's going to be the main guy. He always seems to get open. He's not the guy downfield who who Matt Stafford is having to look for. Um, He's the guy working in in the slot. He's he's just hyper-targeted, and I think he's such a safe prospect. And in terms of trying to sell these guys, if you have Cup this year or if you have Diggs this year, I think it's still going to be a tough proposition for... They're going to be over 30 years old next year, next off-season. Um, so it's going to be tough to sell either of these. So I'll just take the guy that I know can can break fantasy and um, be top three easily this this season. 
Yeah, I think I, I'm actually going to be on Cup, you know, just on for two reasons, actually. The first one is I've got more digs than Cup. I think I might have, like, one or two Cups and maybe five or six digs. So, naturally, I'm just going to take it that way and sort of reduce the risk of having too much digs, not enough Cup. Um, I think, it, for me, it's a little bit about ceiling as well. Like, if Cup and digs have the best seasons, Cups is, like we've seen, the, the best ever, so... Yeah, I think when you just when you're working out that tier, a couple of things to think about is what's your current roster ship of those four guys in that tier that you mentioned? Is the one that you're higher on? Is the one that you're lower on that you want to spend the risk? Second thing is if you've got any QB that's tied to him, if you've got a Josh Allen, it makes your decision easy to go to, to Diggs or um, I'm not going to say if you've got Matt Stafford, but uh, yeah, Matt Stafford's cup, um, Adams to, to Jimmy G, etc. It's going to make your decision slightly easier. Um, but yeah, I think as it stands today, Cooper Cup for me. If you, if if I had, if it was my one roster, if it was my first dynasty league, I'd probably just take Cup ever so slightly. Exactly. That's because we like to win. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll move on to another wide receiver and a guy that also breaks fantasy, but only tends to does it one week of the year. So in Gabe Davis, a guy that will annually score three touchdowns in in a single game and be the wide receiver one on that week, but then tends to disappear. So he's actually now ranked wide receiver 52 on keep trade cut. So I think finally it's a sensible ranking for, for Gabe Davis. So Lewis, at that price, are you interested at wide receiver 52? Obviously the Bills added Don Kincaid in the first round this year, but Davis still projects to be firmly the, the wide receiver two on that roster. Yeah. So I am interested at that price and, and Gabe Davis has suffered from the same thing that Cam Akers did and Sony Michelle before him, which is the playoff performance where you go absolutely mad and everyone gets very excited and then we get into the regular season and you're genuinely terrible. Um, I think you can sum up Gabe Davis's year just by looking at the difference in his performance in standard leagues and PPR last season. Um, so last year, and this is this is overall not points per game, points per game, he does suffer a little bit. Um, in standard leagues, which I don't think anyone plays in anymore, but you can still find the scoring for them, um, he was wide receiver 24, whereas in PPR, he was wide receiver 36. And that, I think, tells you everything you need to know about kind of a boom or bust player who caught more than five passes once all season, but we know is occasionally going to explode with those mad games. I think he did... I think it was the um there was a there was a 30 point game somewhere in the last season with two touchdowns that we all you know the Gabe Davis truthers who do exist out there especially last off season Pittsburgh, um, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they went ah oh, you know we this is it for him you know he's going to catch five from here on in and he's not going to he he's a really good deep threat he's a good wide receiver um you're going to get value for him on on wide receiver play 50 plus value um if you're playing in a best ball league and you want to stack him with josh allen then absolutely um the problem is with any of these kind of deep threat type wide receivers that are going to explode every now and then um you just don't know when you can play them um i remember last season getting beaten in a really crucial game because someone had mccall hardman when he scored two touchdowns <laughs> And why it shows the state of the other bloke's team that he was playing McCall Hardman and not not in a best ball league, in a regular league. Um, but you just don't know when you can put these guys in your lineup. Sometimes it's going to pay off and sometimes they're going to have three points for, uh, for the week. So, yes, I am interested at that price. 
but I still don't think I I so I don't roster him um, at all, and I don't I think I'll can probably continue to not unless it's in a best ball league. Yeah, so that's gonna be a question to you, Kev. Is is it strictly gonna be best ball that you're looking at Gabe Davis or at wide receiver fifty two? Are you interested in? Is he is he pulling you in at that price? No, not really. I think um, dynasty best ball is appealing because you you don't have to optimize when you're going to play him. It's just if if and when he does have these boom weeks, it's uh, he's he's in your lineup when he's scoring ones and twos, which you can do. Then he's not. Um, we do the the fantasy wildcard leagues where we give bonus points for for big plays and uh, big yardage. So he actually scored really well in that from from the best ball side of things um as as well so i think in the wild card leagues we do best ball wise yes he's someone that's interesting but if we're just speaking general dynasty play ppr no best ball it's there's so much risk even at that cost i just think in a year's time it might not be tied to josh allen i can't see him ever being a guy that's commanding a target share you're not going to know when to play him it, i think I know we asked the question on the last part about higher or Gabe Davis. I think in the normal league, I'd probably take higher just because it's a lottery ticket, whereas best ball, um, probably take Davis. Yeah, neither. Neither is my neither. answer. Neither. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think smart people would say neither. Um, but certainly a lot of people are in on this, this final guy we're going to talk about for the Bills. Um, Kev, over to you for the tight end question. Yeah, this guy, like, how wild is the community? I mean, Dalton Kincaid, tight end, he's come over. First round draft capital, only tight end in this year's draft with round one draft capital. Clearly the tight end one in consensus from the rookie drafts I've seen. I think there's an excellent prospect. Um, clear path to being the wide receiver two on the team behind Diggs. Already tight end five at keep Drake up, which is mental, being honest. I mean... <laughs> Kyle Pitts we put up there because he was a truly generational prospect. Kincaid's nowhere near that and being tight end five already is pretty crazy. I think it's just unbelievable really because it, beforehand it was a him or Mayer sort of question. The, the draft capital is not massively different, maybe 10, 15 picks from whoever was the first guy at Laporte or then Mayer, etc. So yeah, seeing him tight end five is a bit wild. I just think that if you took Kincaid in your rookie draft and you needed some production year one, let's say he was the 110, for example, and you've got a team that was the third best team in your league and you just need that little bit extra tight end, what would be a sensible trade-off? You took Kincaid in your rookie draft, you're looking to trade off um, to a tight end, would you potentially add something to Kincaid to go up and get one of the big dogs or would you maybe go a little bit lower down, take someone... Uh, it's going to be better this year and get extra on top. What's the move with Kincaid? Or can he be an absolute outlier, unicorn, made-up story in year one? So I think the crucial thing when thinking about Kincaid, and I'm a big proponent of making sure that your rookie um, rankings are in place before the draft, and then you can do minor adjustments based off landing spot. And obviously this is a fantastic landing spot. That's what's made this happen. But I think this is a clear example of people seeing the landing spot and the talent. He's fantastically talented. He's not a Carl Pitts level prospect, but it's a case of people seeing the landing spot and going, oh, this is the next big thing. There you go, rocket him up the board. And we do this with players all the time. And I'm not going to put him in the same tier as like a CH because 
he's he is a better prospect and he was my tight end one before the draft but what i'm doing in that situation i don't like keep trade cut i think it's way too reactive um but what i do like using it for is finding out the players in my leagues who use it and building trades based off knowing that i can show them something that's going to show their side as winning <laughs> so if i have someone in my league that has dallas goddard or george kettle who are ranked under him um and they are my hang on, let me just look at my ranking yeah my uh, tight end four and five um so my again tiered in the same way kelsey and andrews pitts uh kettle goddard hawkinson and then kincaid and mayer directly underneath if i have someone in my league that uses ktc and owns one of those players i am going to go to them and offer kincaid for them plus a two next year like i don't really care what the difference is because for me george kittle i can slightly understand because he's an older player and he is he is inconsistent he's sort of well he will absolutely go mad sometimes but a lot of the time uh he will not um dallas goddard if you can get dallas goddard plus for dalton kincaid i'm doing that every day of the week yeah 100 i've actually just seen dalton kincaid go one of my leagues at the 108 and that was this morning which was <laughs> Wow, tight premium. Uh... It's a yes, yeah, a point five. So it's a tiny one, but it's it's still a bit juicy for me. He he kind of reminds me of the guy that was going at one ten last year in Sky Moore, who we all put because of the landing spot at the Kansas City Chiefs. We all put him up draft boards higher than he should have gone, um, and we obviously got yeah. really slow output from from Sky Moore last year. So I obviously really love Dalton Kincaid. I don't like where his value is going right now, but I have managed to get him in a couple of spots. So. Um, but no earlier than the 110. I think the 110 is very much the, the peak of where you should be drafting him. Not before these four wide receivers that went round one. Um, but yeah, Kincaid, I think the ceiling is there. I think top five is is the ceiling for Kincaid. I think he can get there eventually. But where he's been drafted right now is is his ceiling. So you're both right. And the move to make is to um, to trade off him, especially if you're going to get Goddard um, almost straight up in terms of value. That's, that's going to be the move yeah. to make for me. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is, once Kelsey retires, which, you know, or once Kelsey's properly dropped off, which is probably the same thing, to be fair, in three, four years, if he's then the next tight, consensus tight end one. The thing for me is I'm not looking to buy a tight end with an, as an investment for the future yeah. now and pay the price as if it's baked in that they're already going to get there uh, because there's a world in which he doesn't. It, it would be more likely that he doesn't contribute for like three years. That's how tight ends tend to work. Yeah, it could yep. be that. Yeah, it could be that he has like an average rookie season, and you pay the same cost now next year. Yeah, or, or he has a great, great rookie season, and you pay a slight premium, which look, is a better move. Considering he was the generational prospect, look what you can go and get Carl Pitts for now because he's not mm -hmm. blown people away the first two years. That's what Kincaid is likely going to do. Yep. Very much like a, a Trey McBride from last season, a guy that we thought could contribute year one, hasn't hasn't contributed much at all. But we know the talent is there, the draft capital, the situation is there for him. And you can acquire him so much cheaper now than you could yeah. this time last season. So I think we've spoken about the Bills enough now. We'll move on to the Jets, uh, a team that's certainly in the in the media right now for, for their situation and their aspirations this year. So... We'll talk about the the quarterback situation, and we we have to start with 
with Aaron Rodgers, the guy that loves to make the headlines. Um, so just, Lewis, I want to ask you what your assessment is on, on Rodgers now that the trade has finally happened. We can stop talking about it all the time. Um, and just how much exposure you've got to, to Rodgers in Dynasty. And also, how long do you, th- do you see him being there as a New York Jet? Because he's, what, 39 years old right now. Um, do you see him being there longer term, say two, three years? Or do you think it's going to be a, a one-year um, perhaps if they fail this year, he's just going to ride into the sunset. He, I think he'll be there for a good couple of seasons. Um, although I think you're right that I think there's a world in which if this year doesn't go amazingly, which considering his first tactic, having spent ages trying to get away from the Packers wide receivers, has been to bring all of them with him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't fit just because I think he clearly has so many demands of who he is as a player and i mean look he's potentially the greatest quarterback of all time of course you're going to be demanding but going into a new system i wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't work out immediately and i wouldn't then be surprised if he just rides off into the sunset to go live in his dark room for the rest of his days um i actually have zero exposure to aaron Rodgers, and i think that's probably a bad thing but what that has been has been the exposure that I have had over the last few seasons trying to get out of just in case because I didn't want to be holding the bag when he retired, knowing that he probably could have this offseason and not really being willing. He's one of those players that has never been discounted even though we thought there was a chance of retirement because if you had him you weren't going to sell him cheap um similarly to tom brady to be fair for the last few years um the best time to buy tom brady was when he did retire last off season um because we all knew it probably wasn't sticking um so i've not really been willing to buy him at the cost that people have been asking um if that's a first of some kind, I do struggle with it. And I think it's the right price. Like, I am i don't think people are, are overcharging for him. But I do have zero exposure to him. I think he is a a solid QB1 this year. I think the QB landscape is, is quite interesting in that there's, like, seven or eight guys firmly at the top. And then the rest of the QB1 landscape, I think, will be quite interesting. So I think he's a low-end QB1. Depends on how quickly he clicks with the weapons. Um he didn't i mean he was you know was was qb6 a couple of years ago and qb2 the year before that in his um back to back mvp campaign so you know clearly the upside is still there and we haven't really seen him fall off it was obviously a bad year last year but he didn't really have much around him um so i'd be quite happy to to buy him if i felt i was if I felt I was just throwing the money away, like it, you know, when you people talk about like not investing more than you can afford to just lose entirely. Um, if I was investing something that I'm like, do you know what? I'm happy to just like, if I, if I don't get, if I get nothing out of it and I'm spending two seconds, not bothered, doesn't bother me at all. So I would be willing to do it for that. I think I'm going to struggle to buy ma- many shares this year, even though I think he'll probably be a really solid asset. Um, for the season ahead. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that assessment. I'm pretty much on, on board with exactly what you said. Kev, whereabouts are you with, with Aaron Rodgers? See, uh, Lewis mentioned it there, back-to-back MVP a couple of years ago. Moving to the Jets, who have got a pretty high-powered offense, took a few of his mates with him. Um, so, I mean, shouldn't take him too long to get up to speed. Are you are you in on Rodgers this year, or is he a guy that you're just desperately trying to sell on that the back of that hype? 
Oh, he's such a drama queen, isn't he? He loves the attention. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, me personally, I, I was, I'm probably way over, um, over on on Rogers. I've got too much of him. I think, I think, just from a neutral point of view, you're going to have an opportunity to buy him at this stage, pretty much every year. I think you are playing it year to year because it, it could walk away at any point. A little bit like, like you mentioned with Brady. It's just going to be his last year. It's going to be his last year. We'll see how the Jets go if they're contenders. It's going to be a year-to-year basis. Um, so, yeah. It, what is his ceiling now? It was QB 1 for pretty much his whole career. I struggle to see that with how it's moved to the Konami code and lots of these great passes that are coming in. Um, yeah, you can tell a story that it's appealing if you've got Garrett Wilson on the stack. But he's probably roundabout where you'd expect. I think a mid QB two season is what you're hoping for. Paying for him as a QB two, QB three in Dynasty, which is fair. I think he's actually not a bad um, combination with someone like a, a Bryce Young um, or a risky QB two, such as maybe a Kyler Murray, or if you're shooting for the moon and Trey Lance. If, if Rogers is your third QB in that situation. You're happy. I think if he's your QB two in any situation, you're in a little bit of trouble in that league. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, agreed. Think, I think pairing him with a rookie is really smart to sort of you know you're going to get solid QB two production from Rogers. So giving yourself time for like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud to develop, I think, is a smart strategy if you if you if you do roster him. Yeah, completely agree. We'll oh, move on to a guy that. Kev's got a lot of to a guy that Kev absolutely loves at the running back position. <laughs> How would you, Kev? Oh, God, yeah. Brees, I mean, his highlights in college were amazing. Um, t- took my breath away. Solid start to his career as well. He was um, he had a floor of 10, 10 fantasy points per game. Um, top 15 running back in five of the first six weeks for injury. Elite workhorse, workhorse uh, three down usage. Um, we see a lot of the rookie running backs that do tend to hit a little bit later on in the year, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, Lewis. So for him to come out and do that on the Jets was really impressive. I think, obviously, major injury, but despite that, he's kept his value at keep trade cut. He's running back two. He's not gone down in the rankings at all. Um, running back's risky. Running back's with an injury is risky, but he's got, a, what is it, a 22 next to his name. So age-wise, people still like that. I just want to get your thoughts on running back two in dynasty rankings. I am going to mention keep trade cut, which you're not a fan of, but um, I just want to know if that is fair value to have him as, let's say, you you bring back two in your rankings. And then the second part is, would you pay two future firsts to acquire him? Um, yeah, he's my RB two um, behind Bijan, and again coming back to tears, it's Bijan, and then it's Brees, JT, Walker, and CMC. Um, I can make an argument for the others over um, Brees. I think it's it's very injury dependent and depending on how you build your team. Um, the thing for me is, is I think we've not seen his value change, right? That's what you were saying. I think we're about to. Um, I think it is very unlikely. If we remember back to Saquon Barkley's 2021 when he was recovering from an ACL as well, he did not look the same player. And he did yeah. come back in 2022 um, and looked absolutely fantastic. But I think we we can predict what the dialogue is with Brees Hall, which is, you know, oh, he's actually not going to be able to start week one. And he comes in on week four and 
oh, look, he's not as explosive as he was beforehand. And yeah, some of those jump cuts, you know, don't look like he's as comfortable doing it. And is Brees Hall completely dead for Dynasty? And then he falls down. And then 2024 finishes this as the overall RB1. Um, because you just need a bit more time as a running back to to recover from the ACL. So I can see him having a down year this year. Um but I think it means that his value is about to drop a little bit because it in season dynasty players treat dynasty rankings like redraft rankings. Um yeah. you just treat it based off what the player can do now. So that's one of two reasons why I wouldn't pay two firsts for him, is because I think you can wait until training camp and pay one first. Um, I think you can wait in season and pay one first as well. So I think if you want to buy Brees Hall, now is not the best time to do it. The other reason is just in terms of how I build my teams. I think Bijan is the only running back I'd be willing to spend two firsts on. And even then, I'm not 100% sure. Um, Running back production, it feels great when you look at your team. I I just drafted a team that has Kenny Walker... Um, J.K. Dobbins and Travis Etienne on, and you look at this core of like young stud running backs. Although Etienne and Dobbins not quite sure on the start bit, but young running backs, and you you look and you go, that's going to dominate for ages. But running back production is the easiest thing to kind of manufacture from a core of other players. Um, so I think if I was going to go out and spend two firsts to acquire a young stud. I would rather go out and spend up on one of the stud wide receivers, which is a nice little segue into what we're about to come on to. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, trade one one of my existing wide receivers for a a lower tier running back. Um, I just don't think there's any situation in which I'd be willing to go out and splash two firsts on on Brees Hall, even though I think he's probably worth it. Um, But I think you should buy later on down the line so that you can save some money when you do it. Yeah, I really like that advice, Lewis. Um, on the flip side, Kev, would you be selling Brees Hall for two first? What would what would your asking price be? Because you're clearly a man that owns Bryce Bryce Hall Brees Hall, sorry, in a in a few spaces <laughs> with how big a fan you are. So is, is two first enough for you? I mean if I've got Brees Hall at this stage, I'm planning on using him this season, hoping that for the second half of the season, that's when he's really going to shine. I think, yeah, I, I would sell him for two first right now. Because you're taking away a lot of risk of bad news coming out. I think in a best case scenario, the recovery goes smoothly and you're potentially getting an offer of two firsts in season when the chips are down. I think there will be, like you meant, like Lewis mentioned, the dip where the maybe towards the start of the season, early on in the season when he's struggling, you can get him a little bit cheaper. So like like any running back, if you sell sort of towards the end of the season and then buy him at the start of the season, you are going to – that's probably the best way to do it. I think all the teams I've got, Brees, I'm expecting for him to be a major contributor second half of the season. Yeah. But I think it does it does open actually an opportunity where you get to mid season, he's done nothing, and maybe you're looking at twenty twenty four as a team. You could go out and buy Brees Hall as someone that you get a discount and he can be he's he's got the potential to to be a hammer. Um people do have him in a different tier to Bijan, which I think is fair because Bijan's a 
the brand new toy, he's got no injuries, he's generational, but you can easily paint a picture that Brees Hall has better seasons than Bijan in his career as a, as a one-off. Yeah, completely agree. We'll, we'll move on to the wide receiver position, as you alluded to there, Lewis, and another guy that's going to be worth future, multiple future firsts right now in, in Garrett Wilson, the guy that the Dynasty community absolutely loves. So heading into year two with, with Aaron Rodgers, now at quarterback, finishes the wide receiver 21 in 2022. Um, just a couple of questions. How far do you think he can go in 2023 with Aaron Rodgers? And then in terms of Dynasty, he's ranked as wide receiver four on keep trade cut, which is ahead of the likes of AJ Brown and Jalen Waddle, which for me is a bit a bit too high for me, but there is in the same tier on, on keep track. Is, is that about fair for you? Do you have him in that same tier as, as those two guys? Yeah, I know. Absolutely. So I think um, there's no real limit to his ceiling um, next year. We've seen absolute elite play in his rookie season. He was offensive rookie of the year and he was playing with absolutely nothing at quarterback. So going from, I mean, it depends on what Aaron Rodgers is right now, but that's the conversation we've just been having. But going from Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco to a multiple-time MVP is going to be a huge improvement. So, like, I think his ceiling is wide receiver one overall. Um, that absolutely, it, it's not just ceiling, it's it kind of well within range of outcomes. Uh, it probably depends on a Justin Jefferson injury. Um, but aside from that, I think he definitely has that upside. It's one thing I like to do before the season is go through each position and think, who do I actually have? Who do I think has the potential to finish as uh, top overall in this position? Garrett Wilson, 100% will be able to. Um, he's kind of unviable um, in Dynasty because even pre-Aaron Rodgers, it was baked into his price that he was about to get Aaron Rodgers. Um, so you couldn't even buy him for cheap then. You had to buy him in season. Um I do I very, very quickly will tell a trade, uh, tell a story of a trade that I'm very happy about um, that a couple of seasons ago, maybe three seasons ago, I sold uh, Zeke for a 2022 first and the 2023 first. And those picks turned into Garrett wow. Wilson and Bijan Robinson. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> buy first, buy firsts wow. further out than you think, because it could end up, could end up being the 101. Um, I have him, so I have Jefferson and Chase as my top tier. I actually have him at wide receiver five, but again, it's kind of negligible. It's AJ Brown, then CeeDee Lamb, then him, Jalen Waddle afterwards, and then the next tier starts. So I think that's the same thing that, like we're talking about with the tier, with the older wide receivers, like we're talking about with the tight ends, even with the you know, tier-based rankings has been a big part of our show today um, uh, with the QBs <laughs> as well. Like, I think you, I can see the argument either way. It depends on whether you're going off the fact that he, whether you want someone that's already done it or whether you want someone that you could project to do it. I have a very small worry that Aaron Rodgers is just going to target Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb a hundred times each next season, <laughs> because I do, again, very tiny, tiny percentage chance. I think that is within the range of outcomes that he doesn't trust Garrett Wilson with his weird hand signal things that he likes and therefore just throws <laughs> to Randall Cobb instead. Um, but I think I can see the argument why you'd have him as high as wide receiver three uh, in your dynasty rankings. And similarly to you, Kev, is he up there with you in terms of these guys, AJ Brown, Jalen Waddle? I even saw him ahead of CD Lamb in terms of value on keep trade cut a couple of weeks ago, which I think is a bit is going a bit too far. But I can certainly see 
the ceiling for this year. So is he is he in that same tier for you? Whereabouts do you have him in your your rankings? Yeah, I think first of all, I I have seen him wide receiver three. I've seen him wide receiver four, and I think that is probably fair because look at who was throwing in passes last season. Uh, Zach Wilson, uh, Mike White, etc. It's I think. Just remember his metrics, his catchable ball percentage was like wide receiver 3 million. Um, just such bad talent around him. So you'd think with Rogers being still a really, really competent passer, that he's going to he's gonna have monster seasons. And we know Rogers can still get that out of like a guy like Devontae Adams the past few years uh, before last season. Um, really, really efficient throws to guys like Christian Watson as well. So, yeah, you can, you can tell a story where he is above Brown and Waddle, and I think it is probably fair because Garrett Wilson's he's the one. Brown and Waddle, they are absolutely fantastic prospects. They are great one Bs or one A. You could, <laughs> I'm not calling AJ Brown a one B, sorry, but he's got another <laughs> guy in that offense that's brilliant. That you, you, they're both gonna, they're both in often um, got someone else in their team that's a wide, in the top twelve. So. I've got no problem with Wilson as wide receiver four. I do think having him over CD Lamb is a little bit too much. It's probably because he's a little bit younger. Let's be honest, people are ageist. But um, but yeah, Garrett Wilson, I think we, his value's already spiked. They've already decided that Rogers coming in. He's going to be a mega player. But just thinking the big picture of wide receiver in Dynasty, I don't have a lot of guys like Wilson, Lamb, etc. Because they're at the top of that tier. I think that aim a little bit lower in the tier, you don't have to pay the same price. Even though technically it's the same tier, you don't have to pay that. I think trying to buy Garrett Wilson now or trying to buy CD Lamb now, you've got absolutely no chance. You're better off going yeah. someone like a, a Devontae Smith um, or, or even a Waddle. He can sometimes get a, a decent price just because of the other guys in the offense. No one's scared of Alan Lazard, are they? That was Maybe. that's going to be my follow up question because I mean the next two guys I don't think we're going to spend too much time talking about. So in terms of <laughs> in terms of Garrett Wilson, how far away is he for you two from uh, two of the top rookies from last year, Drake London and Chris Olave? So what would you what would you take to trade down from a Garrett Wilson to a to a Chris Olave or a, a Drake London? So for me, and I've just got my rankings up in front of me, um, Drake London I'm actually lower on, so he's my wide receiver 19, Alave is wide receiver 9. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a f probably a late first for Alave, and I'm kind of saying that without thinking about this year's class, because I'm, I don't care about anything after the, like, the 107 <laughs> in this year's class. Mm -hmm. um, 107, yeah, 108, 109, somewhere around there. If I can trade, like, yeah, say the 107 or 108, so I'm getting, or what, sorry, 108, 109, sorry, so like Zay Flowers or Quentin Johnston plus Chris Olave for Garrett Wilson, I'm probably taking that. Mm -hmm. Drake London. I think Drake London has to not be the biggest asset that I'm getting if I'm selling Garrett Wilson. Um, I think I want something else that is that is a larger asset than Drake London. Um, maybe if I was tearing down and picking up a running back as well. So maybe someone in that kind of Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins range. Um, 
of low-end RB1 in your rankings, um, I'd maybe consider. Um, I've actually had an interesting offer through recently, which is J.K. Dobbins and Michael Pittman uh, for Garrett Wilson. So, And that came through this morning. So if you wanted to figure out what we might sell for, that's one that I actually had through earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, Kev, what would, what would have to be... Um, what do you take to, to trade down from Garrett, Garrett Wilson to a, a Larve or a Drake London? Well, I think, first of all, Larve had a better rookie season than, than Garrett Wilson in a lot of metrics and performance, but we, we've mentioned who was thrown to to, um, to Garrett Wilson. I think, yeah, it, it was Andy Dalton um, amongst others for, for Larve. So I've probably got them pretty much the same tier. Because I, I have not... I don't have my rankings down set in script. I have it all in my head, so hopefully I don't get a bang on head. But um, I just think that, yeah, Alavian Wilson, if, if I got a second, a future second, I'd probably do that, you know. Um, I could probably I, I could probably get more, but I'd do that. I think for London, I don't think he is in that same tier. I think he can get there, but maybe a future first. Yeah. Yeah, 24 first. And, and Drake London, and I'll trade away Wilson yesterday that'd be the sort of move that i would make um so we're, we're, we've got to talk about the next two guys um kev over to you to the to the <laughs> <laughs> the wide receiver two on on this team yeah let, let's fly through these guys so first one is alan lazard obviously old connection to aaron Rodgers in green bay actually a wide receiver three in fantasy points per game last season and he looks for the clear two for the jets Reception perception came out for him this week and it's laughable. It was terrible across the board. Um, so I just want to know if there's any interest in Lazard or would you rather have um, a third round or a fourth round rookie pick in your eyes, Lewis? <laughs> um, well, it's interesting given the two players that we're talking about that I might start a campaign to have Alan Lazard like rebranded as a blocking tight end, given that that's kind of what he's out there to do. He's an insane blocker. That's why he always gets on the field. Um Look, if I can buy him for like a mid-third, he's going to produce more than that. It is more likely that he produces than that yeah. mid-third round rookie pick does because there is the opportunity, there is the upside, he does have the connection. But last year, we went into the season thinking like people were drafting Alan Lazard in like the sixth round because Devontae Adams had gone and we were like, Alan Lazard will be the replacement for Devontae Adams. That's the same talent level of player. Um if I can get him for a third, then fine, because I think he can be a flex level starter. Um, but um, do you want me to talk any more about Alan Lazard? Like, <laughs> I think that's that's it, really. He, he has no upside. Yeah, I was just going to add that the deal he obviously signed was a four-year, $44 million deal. Obviously not got that in guarantee. So in terms of the deal, it's, it's fairly sizable. It, it means something, I think. And I'm probably not interested in him outside of maybe a best ball format where I think there will be games where he could possibly score a couple of touchdowns and help you win that week. But yeah, in terms of a, a start or even a flex play, he's probably not in consideration right now. So yeah, I'm definitely looking to be selling and accepting anything from a, an early third for him. Um, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kev, is there any interest with you with, with Lazard or is he just a guy that... Just get rid of him. Nice, no, he's, he's absolutely terrible. Let's let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, let's finish on a high then. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we've picked out Tyler Conklin as the tight end. Um, uh, in terms of consistency, you can't get much more consistent than finishing 
the tight end 16 for the last two seasons straight. Um, obviously, now with a, with a much better uh, quarterback, is there a chance that Aaron Rodgers can elevate Tyler Conklin and finish maybe above that, maybe sneak in as a back back end or late tight end one? Um, is there any interest in, in rostering him for you or is he a guy that, um, yeah, like Lazard, you're not interested in? Yeah, obsessingly, yes, I think there actually is some interest. So last offseason, the Jets brought in CJ Uzoma and Tyler Conklin, and mm-hmm. I went out and bought not a lot of CJ Uzoma, but I thought he looked really good with the Bengals, and I thought there mm-hmm. was upside there. And then it turned out that Conklin was the one. Um, and similar, I suppose, actually, to like Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith of the Patriots that they brought in two tight ends, and one of them actually did anything, and it was the one that we didn't think would be. Um I think, I mean, the question you basically want to ask is, is Tyler Conklin as talented as Robert Tonyan? Um, And the answer is yes, because Tonyan had a fantastic season a couple of years back with Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. There is upside to him. He can be a low-end tight end one. But to be honest, I think to be a low-end tight end one, you need to average something like seven or eight points a game. Um, It is uh, a desert out there after those top tight ends. So anyone can really average being a low-end tight end one if you told me um that um oh i can't remember his name davis something that the rams drafted in the fifth round this year was a low-end tight end one (laughs) fine probably um i think it's it's such a wasteland of a position that yeah there is some interest and if i'm if i'm in a league where i desperately need a backup and i can go and get him for stupid cheap you can probably buy him for like farb off someone um then (laughs) yeah fine um am i really gonna spend some time going through all of my leagues and coming up with a strategy to buy tyler conklin no i am not no i think uh, i think we'll end it there because i don't think kev's gonna produce any groundbreaking moves for tyler conklin in terms of dynasty um yeah i'm a gronklin fan (laughs) (laughs) i forgot he was (laughs) go on kev i I was just gonna say like (laughs) You do get that sentiment though, like if you had Conklin last season and he had he had weeks where he was streamable, like there is there is teams where you're tight end free and you're thinking, actually, is the better out there tight end free for this season? And mm-hmm. you're not. So he probably is on a roster, or he should be on rosters over a guy like I don't know, Harrison Bryant, for example. He gets yeah. a lot of smoke. I'd yeah. rather have Conklin as a tight end free than, than that. But yeah, um, yeah, he's 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 not going to be a tight end one. I don't think. <laughs> I love that advice, and we, we'll end it there. Um, thanks, Lewis, for for coming on. Um, terrific guest, uh, second year running. Hopefully, have you on again next year. Um, so yeah, cheers for coming and talk about two really interesting teams. And before we let you go. Can you just let us know where we can find you and uh, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I have been taking a little bit of a break from content creation uh, for the past six months or so um, because my real job is very busy. Um, But I'm hoping to get things started up again with the podcast and with writing for King uh, when we come into the new season. Um, The only thing that I just want to say is thank you so much, guys, for the work that you do, for inviting me on again. I have a uh, completely separate thing. Um, I have a stage show on soon, um, which is about Ooh, mental health wow. in sport. Uh, I'm, I'm a playwright in my, uh, I suppose if this is my side hustle one, that's my side hustle two. Um, so I write plays as well. And it's about mental health in sport. It's about rugby. Um, 
but it's such a difficult space to work in with kind of the toxic masculinity that can sometimes exist mm -hmm. uh, around sport so having some fantastic guys like yourself talking about you know sport with you but also knowing that we're doing it to help kind of raise money and awareness for mental health um is a really important thing to be doing i can't echo that enough so thank you so much for having me on but also thank you so much for the work that you guys are doing no thank you that that's really interesting to make sure you share once once that's out lewis what you what you're doing um fantastic stuff and yeah once again thanks for coming on you've been a terrific guest yeah cheers guys take care cheers cheers lewis take care yeah with that I'll, I'll be jumping off but before that just want to say a huge thank you for all the donations we've received so far um you can still donate right up until the end of june so you don't have to do it today um the the link will be open just go and Check out the link on our pinned tweet at Fantasy Wildcard on Twitter or search for Fantasy Wildcard Charity Stream with on 2023 on the Just Given website. So yeah, thank you again. Thank you again for supporting Mind, a charity that's close to close to all of our hearts. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game. <laughs>